A Star to Steer By Chapter 12 Dancing Monkey Uh, caught flat-footed by the question, Jack sat mystified while Jacob Carter spun around and started having a quiet, heated discussion with the guards on the other side of the door. Kenobi, what did you do? The sensation of second-hand bafflement rippled through his mind. Nothing that would affect your physical appearance... I swear, it was routine cleaning. Hey, Jacob, what do you mean, who is this? He worked hard to sound calm and reasonable instead of angry and annoyed. From the look Sam gave him, that wasn't going so well. It'd been a while since he'd earned that kind of glare. Who or whatever you are, you're a good mimic, Sam said curtly. But your information's out of date. You don't have Colonel O'Neill's Naquita's signature. What? Jack was still staring blankly as General Carter returned. The man nodded at Sam, looking composed but angry. These aren't the guards who brought him in. No one saw a Gould leave, but no one was looking for just a Gould. He could have slipped by. We should help look for him. He stepped forward, raising a hand. Wait, wait, what? The Gould was right here. He had not gone through all that crap just to. Sam glared at him again, growling. He may just be a decoy, but I want answers. What in the blazes is Nakwada? Kenobi asked quietly, which didn't help a damn. Little busy, hang on. Carter, come on, it's me. I've got witnesses to Frenching a Gould. He went still as it hit him what he'd just said. Chill screamed down his spine. Shit. I am still me, right? The pause was not reassuring. Sam was talking, but Jack tuned her out, more concerned with Kenobi's answer. Most of your mind seems to be you. Oh, hell, what? You weren't aware of this? Kenobi sounded worried again, which meant Jack went from alarmed to pissed and alarmed. There's, uh, I'd almost say a super dense block of information in here that's not you. It's mostly not active, and it was added a while ago. He sagged a little in relief then nodded to Sam, interrupting her probably interesting and relevant argument. Totally me. Honest. Now just with a special passenger. Yeah, okay. I know what that is. Damn it. That's got to be the ancient download thing. Almost fried my brain. You're sure it's inactive. Well, it seems to be where your knowledge of basic is stored. Give me a moment. I know what I'm doing, so don't try being cute with me. Hey, would I do that? Jack wasn't paying a damn bit of attention to whatever it was General Carter was yammering at him either, as Kenobi did the mental throat-clearing noise. The language is the only area that's active. That seems to be mostly integrated by now. Although, accessing BASIC might be what's causing your headache. Yeah, that was ancient all over. But I'm not some sort of clone or bio-robot or something, right? You're the same person we met on that ship. 
And given the buildup of chemicals and strange metals you had floating around, you've either been living a busy life for a while now, or you got dumped into one hell of a strange chemical vat. Strange metals. No Nakwada signature. House cleaning. Jack slumped back in disbelief. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. What is your problem? Sam snapped, looking like she was at the end of her rope. Jack shook his head, flailing a hand in her direction. Hang on, I can only manage two and a half conversations at once. Before he could figure out how badly Kenobi had screwed shit up, let alone what to say, General Carter's head dipped, then rose. His eyes lit up the iridescent gold of a ghoul getting snotty, and Selmek crossed her arms. We want some answers, the Tok'ra snapped, the double-toned voice echoing with attitude. Inside Jack's head, Kenobi was tossing a fit, somehow giving off the sensation of bristling angrily, as the slimy outside sensation doubled. Sith, that is the dark side. That is how you know them. Jack's headache was back and worse than ever. Yeah, fine, great. That dirty laundry you weren't going to poke through? Go look up Nakuda. Selmek, put it away. I need to talk to Jacob now. Tok'ra had professional-grade sneers, every last one of them. And why should we cooperate with you, whoever you are? That is... Force, that is wrong, Kenobi snarled. Dad, Selmek, stop. Sam was glaring at her father. Right now, I'm the ranking officer here, so let me do my job. Hey! In the wake of Jack's bellow, there was a hugely awkward silence, with Selmek glaring, Sam looking at him suspiciously, and Kenobi... Oh, stars. Kenobi was muttering in consternation. Just give me a second, would ya? Jack asked. Great, let me guess. That means oops? There was a burst of apologetic sheepishness, tinged somehow with the raging desire to deal with this Sith. This Naquita would appear to be the metal I've never encountered, yes. You had a distressing buildup of it. There was a sound of mental throat clearing. Uh, had being the operative word. Jack dropped his head down, plonking his face in his hand. Without looking up, he pointed to General Carter. General Carter, please ask Selmek to stand down. We have enough problems without our friendly neighborhood Tok'ra getting in the way. Jack shifted his aim to Sam. Sam, yes, I'm me, with a gold ride-along. But I don't have a Nakwada signature because someone was being a busybody neatnik. It wasn't a conscious decision that he ended up pointing at the back of his neck. And yes, he's still here, but you can't sense him because he doesn't have Nakwada either. That's impossible. Sam had that look, right between scoffing and fascinated, eager to hunt down some facts. It's in the symbiote's bloodstream. It's a biological part of the Gua'uld. If you're going to come up with... Jack tuned her out as his mental passenger was sputtering in horrified rage. That's poison! That's, that's, it would 
It would be like a perpetual bad spice trip if I'd had what you had in your system filtering into me. The rant cut off with a sensation of disgust and realization. Oh, gods. Sam, hang on. We have a new problem. She, of course, ignored him. Fair enough. He wasn't really listening to her either. Just hang on. What? These Sith. Kenobi's voice was subdued, still horrified. They are literally all mad. A host system filtering this metal might make it less volatile, but then again, it might not. I'm no healer. I don't know all that this could do. It would be bad. I at least know that. All the Gua'uld are crackers. Figures. Well, that would explain some things. Sam let out a frustrated sound. Ugh! You weren't listening to a thing I said, were you? She stopped, her eyes widening before she glared, as if blaming Jack for being too much like himself. General Carter, in the meantime, was crossing his arms and looking disgruntled. Are we really going to be listening to this crap or doing something useful like looking for the missing gold? Sam hesitated, giving her father a look. If you and Selmec don't think this is really Colonel O'Neill, why are you playing along? General Carter shook his head. Because an agitated spy is more trouble than he's worth, and we might still be able to get some information out of him. Jack cleared his throat. Fellas? Still right here. Me and my passenger both. Selmec may or may not have believed him, but the Tok'ra proved to be making fantastic decisions as usual. General Carter's head bowed, then lifted, and his body language went haughty and disdainful. Then prove it. Let us speak with this general of yours. These are the reformed Sith. Kenobi's cold fury to Selmec's snottiness, the clipped tone conveying just as much disdain. I did mention they were assholes, right? Jack thought back wearily. The silence in his head had a vaguely thoughtful air. Then a sensation of resolution wafted through him. If we have any basic rights, I would appreciate being able to write a note for the council. You and your people might have your problems, but if I have any say in it, you now have the full support of the Jedi in destroying these Gua'uld. If their reformed cousins think that forcing an ally to submit as a host is acceptable behavior, and any of the flashbacks I've witnessed mean a thing, then they are unmitigated Sith. That is something we must deal with. Jack blinked crossing his arms and glaring back at Selmac, who was looking way too self-satisfied, while Carter was looking to lose her patience. Kenobi had just... Yes, they would have to get word back to this fancy high council Kenobi kept going on about. But full support? That sounded like a no-holds-barred, we might not do this for free, but we're not going to fleece you either. Commitment. It was the determination, the strangely protective air from Kenobi that made up Jack's mind. The, the Jedi had just said he was going to push to have his people ally with folks who currently had him locked up in a cell. 
He'd been able to feel the certainty, and he didn't think that could easily be faked. It it didn't hurt that Jack was fed up with the stupid. He'd always hated playing telephone, and while Jack could almost like Selmec sometimes, the rest of the time, the damn snake was still an asshole. After all, it was just the next step in this slippery slope into madness, right? He could keep waging this battle, like General Hammond pointed out, or he could actually fight to win. Jack lifted up a hand. Okay, hang on a sec. We need to have a somewhat private talk, and I'd like to keep the peanut gallery down to a dull roar. Selmec rolled her eyes. Sam let out an exasperated sigh, and Jack took a deep, steadying breath. <sighs> okay, what do I have to do? For a moment, there was the outside sensation of blank puzzlement, which abruptly swapped to astonishment that brought to mind cartoon cats fluffing up their tails and bouncing away in distaste. You can't be serious. Stop making this harder than it is, he snapped right back, because his skin was already crawling. Snake up and tell me what I need to do, and then... Do me a favor and rip them a new one, okay? Jack, this... There is nothing like death to this, Kenobi said. Voice soft and earnest and really, really annoying. You are free to do what you wish. This is your body, which I am at best borrowing. It, it has been the end for a lot of people. Good people. People I knew. Now shut up and tell me what to do. His hands were in fists, and he seriously wanted to punch something. And there was just silence in his head. His brain kept playing through crap. From Skara to Kowalski... And finally, that mess was cut through by a mental sigh. Float, Kenobi said softly. It's like floating in a calm pool. If you are actively trying to do something, you're flailing or swimming. In the meantime, if you let the water move your limbs, your body then you will remain afloat. Yeah, until you get swamped by waves. Jack couldn't keep from bitching, because it kept him from having to look at what he was going to do. It's my job to make sure that doesn't happen. I'm very good at it. Okay, okay. So, look, just do your thing. No hurting idiots, or even kind of idiots, but otherwise, you have my permission to convince the hell out of them. His whole body was shaking. Just a bit. Probably please he hoped, too little for Selmec or Sam to pick up on. It was one thing to commit to offering bunk space, so to speak, to an ally that creeped him out, but seemed to have a strong code of ethics. Kenobi had just talked about committing everything he and his had to dealing with the system lords. Jack had just given permission to lose control of his body. Limits, Jack! Dear God, Kenobi was still yammering! Does that include reading your mind, or... Yes! Now use that as an excuse to figure it out your own damn self and do this already! It was 
the angriest floating he'd ever done. Just standing there, trying not to glare, and reminding himself that it was just like a simulation. The silly kind, found at malls or amusement parks. Sitting in the stupid chair, watching the pretty pictures, and just letting things move around you. Not so much with the screaming, though, for once. Then his body straightened, chin lifting all on its own. Yet as his body turned to glare at Selmuk, Jack had to admit that Kenobi was more supremely confident than arrogant. Especially in comparison to Selmuk, who cornered the market on arrogant looks. It was fucking weird. Like he was dreaming, and he had to keep reminding himself about the floating thing, and trying to accept that, no, this really was a dream, and it was okay, and gonna be the nice kind of dream. Or maybe he got to say all the rude, inappropriate things to the Tok'ra that he always wanted to, but politeness and diplomacy meant he couldn't in the real world? Yeah, totally convincing. Well, Obi-Wan commented, that was quite rude. Sam jumped a little, and Selmuk gave them a narrow-eyed glare. Understandable, because Kenobi's voice sounded the same damn way it did when he was in Rex, accent and all. Jack had to wonder how he did that. But he already decided it was a dream. A floaty dream, damn it. So he was just gonna watch and enjoy seeing Kenobi wipe the floor with a Tok'ra. Selmek raised a brow and cranked the disdain up to a dripping eleven. If you think vocal tricks will sway us, you are less experienced than I'd given you credit for. Kenobi snorted, somehow returning the same kind of contempt. Hardly. I shouldn't wonder, though, if it's worthwhile to point out that you can't manage this. Jack was pretty sure his face was contorting into an, oh, please, expression, but he suspected there was more of a sneer than usual. Jedi or Gua'uld? He was pretty sure they just did sneers well. I will admit, the dual voices are rather distinctive, but it does show a lack of finesse on your part. Kenobi turned away from Selmek to face Sam, and he gave a polite little bow. We Jedi prefer a more subtle hallmark to indicate if we, or our host, is the one speaking, so I hope you don't mind if I take care of that. Jack could feel something weird happening. Some kind of tingle around his eyes? It was a strange little sensation, like an itch that wasn't quite somehow. Okay, what was that? Eye color, Kenobi declared, calm as could fucking be. I hope you don't mind blue eyes. I want a mirror and a second opinion. Jack hesitated, then sighed. Later, I mean... The reactions were totally worth it, though. Sam was gaping, and Selmek looked fascinated but disturbed. Kenobi did another polite little nod to Carter. I am General Obi-Wan Kenobi of the Jedi Order. Who might I be addressing? The resident Tok'ra snorted. I remain unconvinced. Whatever kind of shapeshifter you are, you ought to have that information immediately on hand. Kenobi had a great side-eye of distaste. Indeed, though some of us prefer more civilized behavior and polite introductions. He looked back at Sam and raised his eyebrows a little. She hesitated, and Jack didn't blame her for it. 
It was kind of obvious when she decided to give them the benefit of the doubt. Major Samantha Carter, Stargate Program, United States Air Force. There was a polite nod of acknowledgement, then a much colder body language when he turned to Selmak. Jack had to admire how a slight shift of the heels and a subtle roll of the shoulders changed the tone sharply. The Tok'ra snorted like, Your stupid posturing games are beneath me. Selmak of the Tok'ra. After an awkward moment of icy silence, Kenobi lifted his chin a little. And your host? I suppose I am negligent about setting a good example, but Jack is known to both of you. Floating, floating, absolutely not smirking or saying anything. Nope. A sour expression crossed Selmek's face. Then she shrugged. General Jacob Carter, are you quite done with your childish power games? They're not childish if they work, Jack muttered, only to freeze, surprised. The instant he snarked, there'd been that tingle again. Not to mention Sam was giving him the, Sir, did you really have to? Look, while Selmek just looked offended. Uh, he raised a hand in a little hold-on gesture, because this was not supposed to happen. I did say you are free to do whatever you wish. Kenobi's voice was dry, 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 and barely hiding amusement. Man, he had a headache. At least it was the usual, the people I work with, stress, instead of behind the eyes burn, it'd been lately. Okay, so can we rearrange this so I'm not screwing up your sassin banter here? Then he realized what he'd just said, what he'd just meant, and he blinked and blanched a little. He didn't countermand the request, though. After a moment, he could feel slightly grudging acceptance. Kenobi didn't like it. Not that Jack did too much either. But it was a damn request, and heaven help him, Jack really did mean it. I will raise the threshold slightly then, Kenobi said calmly. It will still be easy for you to resume control but you'll need to exert a push to do so. Think of it as a speed bump, if you will. Jack took a breath, closed his eyes, and went back to trying to float. It seemed to be easier, and he didn't think Kenobi was influencing that. Meantime, there was that full facial tingly thing, and his body resumed the haughty posture before turning back to Sam and Selmak. I beg your pardon. We are still working on the exact boundaries of my hopefully short imposition upon Colonel O'Neill's generosity. Sam looked intrigued but skeptical. You're really standing by the claim that the Colonel voluntarily offered himself as host? It's the truth, so I don't see why not. Please. Selmek was making a huge show of skepticism and an eye roll. All you have shown so far is that you can change your voice, and that is not convincing. You're not the ghoul that was contained either. Either of us would be able to detect your presence. By this Nakwida, yes? Kenobi was not letting that shit pass, meeting each gesture with his own. Jack was keeping count. 
a heavy metal that you believe I and Colonel O'Neill should have. Sam nodded. Yes. Kenobi's internal embarrassment didn't match the superior attitude he showed. I am hardly about to waste the monumental trouble the colonel has gone through on behalf of myself and my men, so perhaps you will forgive me if I refuse to come out and talk to you face to face, if you will. However, I have absolutely no objection to a non-invasive examination by any of the local healers, doctors, excuse me, the results could easily be compared to the ones gained earlier. I suspect a blood test will also show a new lack of Nakuda. Sam looked a little bit swayed, but Selmik wasn't. Shapeshifter. She snorted and shook her head. I think that would be easy for you. Kenobi gave her a calm look that somehow managed to convey quite a bit of anger. Jack figured it was something about the curl of the mouth. First, you demand my host surrender his autonomy for your satisfaction. Then that is not enough, and now you demand I surrender both my autonomy and my safety without even a token effort to provide for my security. Jack has told me you are reformed Gwauld. I will admit I do have to wonder about his concept of reformed. Selmek's eyes flared gold. We are Tok'ra, not Gwauld! The Jedi watched the little display with visible distaste. I have had the joy of knowing you for less than fifteen minutes. You have control that would shame a first-year Padawan. Your ethics are notably questionable, and you work very, very hard to suppress your host. Was any of that supposed to impress me? Sam stepped forward as Selmek sputtered. You still haven't done anything to demonstrate your claims that you are gold by any name. Kenobi seemed to consider that seriously. What would convince you? She took another step closer. If you really are a gold with a host, then let me talk with Colonel O'Neill. Finally, someone was talking sense. Jack felt the funny face tingle again, and he shrugged. Okay, what you got, Sam? His second-in-command studied him for a long moment, then her jaw firmed and she glared. Where have you been? He rolled his eyes. Camping. That earned him a nastier look, and he sighed and started to tick points off on his fingers. Hatak located, I don't know where, starting off in a prison cell, then a swamp formerly known as... He squinted at the wall, trying to dredge up the numbers. P-X-5-0-9-D. Two? He sighed. Then we had some company that thought they'd leave no trace behind. At Sam's suspiciously blank look, Jack sighed and rolled his eyes again. You know, take out what you take in. He shook it off before he fell down the rabbit hole of trying to explain a joke. Look, what do you want from me? I've had a week. And then I get back, and the NID slimmed its way into power, and when the hell did that happen anyway? We've had a week or two ourselves, she returned archly. Speaking of slimming their way into power, what's up with the new friends? Met them on the Hatak. He leaned in conspiratorially. They like blowing things up, too. Sam's lips twitched 
and she was clearly fighting a smile. You do know how to find that sort. Blowing things up is enough to convince you to host? He straightened up, trying to hide how incredibly uncomfortable this all made him. Nope. The NID disappearing a bunch of potential allies, though. He shrugged. Desperate times and all that jazz. They're worth the risk? Yeah. They stared each other down for a long moment. Sam looking for who the hell knew what in his face. Finally, she gave the tiniest shake of her head. Sir, why? We, okay, I'm not going to go as far as we need this alliance, but damn it, they're good people. And yes, I include the Gua'uld in that. They have ships. They're willing to work with us, and they've got reasonable demands. Selmec had a sneer in her voice. Such as? Go for it. I'm not touching that with a ten-foot pole. Shit. He did not like that he was getting used to that tingle-posture-change thing. Kenobi was giving Selmec a deliberate cold shoulder, looking at Sam instead. We will provide assistance in your battle, as allies, not subordinates. Shared intelligence, shared fighting and resources. Training for these new weapons, and against the forces we are likely to encounter. A reasonable staging area to work from, either in-system or accessible by your gate. Jack cleared his mental throat. Uh, the thing you said earlier is none of the Topra's damn business. He had to squelch a little burst of glee. Somic had decent moments. Most of the Tokra did not. Awesome. Not too surprisingly, Somic had to at least play devil's advocate. You trust this? Sam, you can't believe that out of nowhere you find a whole new civilization that's willing to write you a blank check. Jack snorted, shivering a little as he took back control. Finding whole new civilizations is kind of what we do. And conditional, not blank. Sam shook her head, frustrated. What we need is proof. Brain scans. MRI. Jack rolled his eyes. Someone to delay Mayborn. Selmuk's head dipped down, and General Carter looked up. It's not good enough. It can all be spoofed, and you know there are ways to... Wait. Sam held up a hand. A weird, uncomfortable grin spreading wide. Wait, there's a simple, elegant solution here. You need to be in a host that isn't compromised, but... Sammy, no, General Carter growled, stepping to put a hand on his daughter's shoulder. Jack agreed. Carter, are you nuts? This is the most messed up idea... Excuse me, I have my own piece to say. Jack ignored Kenobi in favor of finishing a good rant. I have ever heard and... Jack, I happen to have an opinion. Oh, hang on. The non-native is restless. What? I have my own opinion, Kenobi snapped, voice clipped and coldly restrained again. I would appreciate the opportunity to talk. For just one weird, impossible moment, the world seemed to stand on its head. The Gua'uld was asking the host for a chance to talk. 
That was not the way it was supposed to work. He swallowed down a moment of unease, wondering how much of an asshole he'd just been. Sure. Sorry. Somehow, behind the sensation of cold anger, Jack felt a wash of somewhat affectionate reassurance. Then, Kenobi was glaring at Sam and General Carter. Let me be very clear. Should my current host want me gone, I understand and accept that his gracious offer of sanctuary is quite reasonably limited. And while your offer is appreciated in the spirit it's given, Major Carter, I refuse. Jacob Carter dipped his head and added glowing eyes to the glare. Because you are not what you claim to be. Because I am not some house pet here to perform tricks for your satisfaction, Kenobi snarled. Do you think this is some kind of game where you make demands and see how far you can string along those around you? We have reasonably viable alternatives, yet you will not be satisfied unless I sit up and beg for your approval. Major Carter, at the very least, is considering the well-being of as many as possible, and were we limited, I would consider the offer. In the meantime, if even you, hosted in her father, cannot see that while she is willing to fall on a sword for duty, this is not a free and willing choice, then... I have no idea what the hell's to do with you, either of you. The tense silence practically crackled. Then Kenobi took a deep breath. Coldly, calmly, he looked to Sam. <sighs> Major, I would appreciate it if you would ask the healers to prep whatever it is they need for these scans because I want this over with. Janet glared at the stack of papers that still weren't making any damn more sense. The only thing that kept the data straight was the little photos some bright bulb had snapped of the Jaffa before they'd been taken to the holding cells. Her brain still stuttered over the concept of clones. Janet shook her head and rubbed at the headache sprouting behind her eyes. Daniel had promised to get her more information, names if nothing else, rather than the gibberish assorted personnel thought might be names. But he was still busy helping Mayborn. There was nothing that did not give her a headache at the moment. Janet, can we get your help here? She sat up and turned, not surprised in the least that Sam was coming in. Jack was cuffed behind her, with a cranky General Carter behind him. The Carters looked normal, but Jack was standing totally wrong poised instead of sloppy, preparing for just about anything. The somewhere-between-amused-and-pissed expression wasn't new, but the blue eyes... Dear God, what happened to your eyes? The possessed man returned her look calmly. The body language remained thoroughly wrong. We Jedi prefer a visual clue to reduce confusion between the host and Jedi, he said in a voice that did not sound at all like it could be coming from Jack. Then the man bowed. I am General Obi-Wan Kenobi. Pleased to meet you. She waited for the follow-up, but all she got was an inquiring little lift to the brows. What? No threats? Janet finally asked. And when do you start slipping into the plural? 
The sigh was thoroughly put upon, but the eye roll was too dignified and subdued. Never mind that the voice was still all wrong. The accent was fascinatingly difficult to pin down. I'm afraid I'm going to have to disappoint you. That's not my style, and Jack has promised to behave. Damn it. If this was a scam, then the snake knew just how to press all the right buttons. Jack was right. It did have a sense of humor. Or at least could fake it. Janet forced herself to nod and look away to give Sam a skeptical look. This is admittedly a little more regulation-breaking than I expected. What took you so long? General Carter looked even grumpier. You expected us? Janet wasn't sure if it was the Tok'ra influence or the stars he had. She gave him a look. Colonel O'Neill went and got a ghoul stuck in his head, and then surrendered. I've had every single piece of equipment warmed up and ready to go ten minutes after the alarm stopped. She looked back at Sam. What kind of trouble are we up to? Sam's grin was wry and far more uncomfortable than Janet liked. We need proof this is Jack and a gould, and not a shapeshifter faking it. Janet stared. She held up a hand, needing the extra moment to process. A shapeshifter, pretending to be a gould and a host. She pointed at maybe Jack. If you really are Colonel O'Neill, then you're paying for my post-incident vacation, and I'm insisting on at least a week somewhere nice. And if I'm not? He asked, sounding pleasant and honestly curious. I will shoot you myself. He seemed appropriately impressed. Sit down. She pointed at an examination table. Sam... Janet hesitated, then pointed at General Carter, who had a ribbon device. You and Selmec have my back. The ghoul sat, looking somewhat amused at her melodramatic snapping of gloves. So, why do we think this might be a shapeshifter? She asked. She wasn't expecting the ghoul to answer. I, uh, may have accidentally made life more difficult for Jack and myself than I intended. Yeah, big surprise, she grumbled dryly, reminding herself not to end up liking a damn ghoul. Sam got the quietly pissed as hell expression and she was glaring at maybe Jack. He doesn't have Jack's Nakwada signature. I'm not even detecting a ghoul. That pulled her up short. Not the ultrasound first, then. Uh-huh. She pulled her penlight from her pocket and snapped it up and on. Gah! Jack yelped in his normal voice, recoiling and trying to glare. Oh, come on! Janet pulled back, too, gaping. Jack's eyes had just changed in front of her. The usual brown bleeding back from the outside in, overcoming the blue. How? Jack blinked rapidly, pulling several faces. All of this, and you use that damn thing, too? Can I please get a break? That depends, Janet snapped back, voice almost steady. Are you going to explain the eye thing? Yeah, yeah, 
the grumbling sounded so damn normal. It sent chills through her. Give me a sec. He closed his eyes, breathing deep a few times. Then the posture changed. When the eyes opened, they were back to blue. A minor application of the force, that strange, cultured voice declared. Inducing a different pigmentation in the eye is a useful skill that also requires finesse. It's a good measure of how precisely a young one can use their abilities. It's simply a matter of manipulating... Ah. He blinked a few times, looking stumped. Manipulating the what? He turned a sheepish little smile on her, which was totally not charming at all. Especially not since it was Jack O'Neill's face involved. I could tell you in basic, ancient as you call it, but Jack doesn't have the medical vocabulary to allow me to translate it into English. He shrugged, casual enough to come across as absolutely innocent. She didn't trust it for an instant, but it made for a nice change. If you give us a medical text, I could learn the terms, but this is as far as I can get right now. Janet stared for a moment and nodded slowly. That made some sense. But moreover, she was extremely disturbed that the Gould was willing to admit ignorance, especially politely. On top of that, she was certain that for a while there, it had been Jack. That hadn't been acting. That was pure baseline O'Neill hatred of the penlight. Automatic, instinctive, and cranky on a level that had no hesitation or pause. Maybe, if it was an immature gold, using Jack's body, she could see that loss of control. But, given the size of the damn thing, this wouldn't be another Kowalski situation. None of this added up. It was interesting that the ghoul didn't respond to the ultrasound other than raise a brow and sit still. That was almost unbearably unlike Jack, but it seemed to fit the snake. That meant the reaction to the penlight was even more fascinating. The ghoul remained quiet and seemingly vaguely amused, vaguely irked, as Janet cleared off the ultrasound gel. He was docile and even cooperative as Janet traded the handcuffs for an array of zip ties, though the look he gave the MRI machine was skeptical at best. Well, this ought to be fun. He sighed as it wound up. None of them really wanted to acknowledge that even a bunch of zip ties would be about as limiting as wet toilet paper. Selnick was twitchy through the whole process. The gould looked bored. Janet was not sure what to make of anything. Obi-Wan grimaced a little as he sat up popping their ears against the annoying hum the infernal machine had been making. That was... new. Yeah, but at least it's non-invasive, Jack grumped. Neither was that light. That was different and does not count. He tried not to snicker. Instead meeting the Sith's cool look with his own expression of disdain. That was more than enough to cool his humor. I do have to wonder at the way you keep fondling your glove. He didn't like the look of it, the narrow-eyed way the Sith kept flexing his hand within the spirals of metal. The smile that was more bearing of teeth was no more reassuring.
It's a ribbon device, you damn spy. Don't play ignorant. Yeah, nasty little weapon there. Jack sighed, sending an impression of its capabilities. That snapped Obi-Wan's head up, and he could not stop the look of horrified astonishment he had for this being. These Sith! The more he learned, the more the differences between them and the Jedi left him reeling. Major Carter caught his expression. What? she snapped, irritation exasperated by tiredness and annoyance at what was probably all the oddness. The Sith sneered. Don't tell me you're scared of a simple ribbon device. No, I'm just horrified that you can't even access the Force enough to use it without focusing crystals, or a full ray of them. He closed his mouth trying to balance the wisdom of revealing his abilities as proof of their claims against the risk of not having more tricks up his sleeve. He temporized, shrugging inside to Jack. I really don't know if I should tell them. It can't possibly improve matters. Jack snorted amusement back at him. You're starting to worry about consequences now? Come on, live a little. There was a genuine point there behind the joke. You and boredom are a very bad mix, aren't you? Obi-Wan shared the impression of a head shake and a faint grin. The last time I lived a little, I got us into this mess. I did not think even Sith could have lost this much. Would letting them know that I don't need a ribbon device, that I basically am a ribbon device, help anything? Jack chewed it over, then managed a mental shrug back. The man was a fast learner. Janet already knows about the eye thing. She's gonna start asking questions soon, and being on the up and up might prove we're the good guys. Incriminating evidence that'll probably come out later anyway might as well bite us in the ass now, when we're in a good position to deal with it. Major Carter had picked up on the silence, and she looked at them a little closer. Why does this fascinate you? I wouldn't tell them everything, Jack cautioned. Just something simple? Is anything simple right now? You are such a barrel of laughs. Sam took a step closer, head canted to the side, and firearm held in such a way that it could be quickly brought to bear. It's not like you could use it without any Nakwada in the first place. These people should be allies, Obi-Wan reminded himself. If they are not treated as reasonable people, then what hope is there? Yes and no. There. He'd set his course. He stretched out in the force, reassured that he could find his soldiers, off in the distance, but not unduly stressed. They weren't alone in this mess. I can't use that device, that's true. Then again, I don't need to. What does that mean? The Sith growled, that horrible manipulation of their host's voice making Obi-Wan grit his teeth. Rolling his shoulders in a half-shrug, Obi-Wan raised his bound arms in the most helpless gesture he could manage, obediently restrained, willing to listen and cooperate, not something to shoot.
Admittedly, he could probably keep them from being shot if he had to, but he didn't want the mess in the first place. I'm not sure why your Togra does need it. The only theory I have is that it ties in with this Nakwada, though I have no idea how. Major Carter was starting to look intrigued in spite of herself. What exactly are you saying? Obi-Wan made a slight show of looking around, though the grin was entirely natural as he nodded at a table halfway across the room. Uh, Dr. Fraser, may I use your penlight? The medic's expression turned remarkably suspicious. My penlight? Yes, no need to fetch it. Here, I've got it. He held his hands out, letting the force sing through him. He coaxed it into new patterns, getting a little light to rise up in the air. It rotated gently before he caught a more solid hold. As soon as it stabilized, it swooped over to him, coming to a halt above his bound hands and settling into them gently. Dr. Fraser stared, filled with cautious interest. Major Carter gaped openly, her curiosity and fascination finally drowning out the fear. The Sith was caught somewhere between horror and fear. I don't need a ribbon device, Obi-Wan declared gently. No Jedi does. In stunned silence, Jack took control back, smirking and flipping the penlight. So, nobody ought to say we're not cooperating. <laughs>